Shalom Aleichem. Welcome to the Schmooze, the Yiddish Book Center's podcast. I'm Lisa Newman, and today I'm visiting with Rachel Rubenstein. Rachel taught at Hampshire College until 2019 and currently serves as Vice President of Academic and Student Affairs at Holyoke Community College. She is author of Members of the Tribe, Native America in the Jewish Imagination, and the co-editor of Arguing the Modern Jewish Canon, Essays on Literature and Culture in Honor of Ruth Wise. Her current research focuses on Yiddish and translation in the Americas. Rachel is the co-editor, along with Roberta Rosenberg, Professor Emirata at Christopher Newport University. Roberta is the author of The Importance of Jewish Ritual in Secular Postmodern World of Transparent and Larry David's Dark Talmud, or Kafka in Prime Time. They co-edited a new volume of work, which is recently published, Teaching Jewish American Literature. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining me. And I uh, just a quick shout out. Sorry that Roberta Rosenberg was unable due to my scheduling. I'm going to take the, the full fault on this one, um, the, uh, this interview today. So um, thanks to Roberta as well for co-editing with you a really, really interesting, um, and I think I can call it an anthology, yes? Yes, it's a collection of, of short um, essays of approaches to teaching. Great. Well, I, you know, I have to say at the outset of this, I found it really interesting to read this as somebody, if I may, outside of the academy, but in that my work um, at the Yiddish Book Center certainly considers much of what you cover in the book um, via our educational programs and, and other public programming and outreach and it just, you know, all the attendant things. So I'm curious to ask first about the intended readers and how this book addresses that readership and considerations. Um, sure. Well, let me, let me just start by just, I'm going to offer just a, a correction to my bio. Um, I am oh, actually, that's okay. I was the VP of Academic and Student Affairs at Holyoke Community College, but have recently moved to the Massachusetts Department of Higher Education. Um, so I'm working, you know, with the whole state system of public education, of public higher ed, uh, higher ed institutions. And I only say that because I'm thinking a lot about, you know, who is, um, who is the readership for a volume like this and who are our audiences um, especially when you move in Jewish studies circles, I think it's really important to just keep reminding ourselves um, of the of the many potential audiences for this literature. So one of the um, uh, one of the priorities for Roberta and I when we started this project is we wanted um, to be speaking to not only college professors, university professors, but to you know um, potentially day school instructors, um, uh, adult ed instructors, um, you know, who is the kind of the broadest community um, that was interest that would be potentially interested in, um, in approaching Jewish American literature as, as pedagogues. And um, we, we have a contribution actually from, um, from a, uh, a teacher who writes about day school curricula and how to um, ideas for teaching Jewish American literature within um, a day school. We have a contributor who writes an essay about teaching Jewish American literature in Iraq, in an Iraqi university. So we have a kind of multinational perspective as well as a contribution from a professor in Israel who teaches um, Israeli and, uh, and Palestinian um, university students. 
Um, we have contributions from folks who teach in Hispanic serving institutions, which I find particularly interesting. Um, a contribution from someone who teaches in a Christian college. So, you know, we're really thinking about the assumption we came to the collection with was um, the students in these courses are not just 18 to 22. They are not just Jewish and even and, and you know, um, and moreover, what it means to be Jewish in America today is increasingly complex and hybrid anyway. Um, and so we're, we're hoping that we, um, uh, that we put together a collection that speaks to the increasingly diverse learning environments um, of our country. It's so interesting as I, you know, again, I mentioned the connection with some of the work that we're doing at the Yiddish Book Center, certainly with our great Jewish books and teach great Jewish books, which does introduce this literature um, into conversation with high school students who then mm -hmm. go on and, and tackle it in college. And it's it, to look at it from all of these different perspectives, I find fascinating, as you mentioned, and I love in, your, in the collection, that you've got all of these different voices and perspectives. And um, I wonder if you might want to just, you know, speak about one or two of, if I may use the word, umbrellas under which, each, you know, where all of these different essays fall. And I know you've divided it into six parts. So maybe are there a few that you can uh, kind of expand on? Sure. Um, I'm holding the book uh, right now so I can I have the table all of the contents. Books, <laughs> yes, you've got Reframing Jewish American History, <laughs> Rethinking Canons, Comparative Teaching Approaches, Multilingual and Transnational Approaches, Gender and Sexuality Approaches, Multidisciplinary and Digital Humanities Approaches, and Next Approaches and Key Texts. Okay, yes, that, that, those were our umbrellas. So I think there were a few, I guess, principles. Um, with which we approached the work. And we didn't actually come up with the structure until we received all of the contributions. And then we, you know, as we went through our selection process, um, we, we arrived at this, um, at this overarching structure. So one principle that we wanted to, um, uh, to adhere to was that we wanted to really break out of the kind of 1880 to 1950 sort of timeframe uh, within which, you know, so much of Jewish American literature um, that the, there's a kind of, um, uh, um, I don't know if stereotype is exactly the right word, but a kind of an, um, expectation or, or uncritical kind of um, uh, assumption that Jewish American literature is something that uh, happened in the U.S. between 1880 and 1950. And so we wanted to really rethink that time frame, particularly um, reaching back um, into the, you know, the age of European conquest um, and also reaching forward and making the point that, you know, Jewish American, for instance, the Jewish American immigrant experience is, you know, alive and well um, in, in the contemporary United States as, you know, we have one contribution who writes about um, immigrants from the former Soviet, Jewish immigrants from the former Soviet Union um, and, um, and, their, and their creative output. So, um, so one principle was expanding our time frame. Um, the other principle was expanding the idea of national boundaries. Um, so I guess just to, you know, to kind of uh, boil it down, we wanted to press on the terms Jewish, we wanted to press on the terms American and press on the term literature. So we're expanding the notion of American by expanding kind of the time and geographical uh, boundaries of what Jewish American, of what we think Jewish American literature is. We're pressing on the definition of Jewish um, so really kind of um, 
creating a kind of expansive definition of who counts as a Jewish writer and what counts as a Jewish text. So for instance, we have a contributor who writes about teaching Caribbean literature through the frames of blackness and Jewishness. And many of the authors she teaches are actually Caribbean writers of color um, who are writing about Jewish experiences and their you know, hybrid identity is a given in the, Carib in the Caribbean. So, so many writers identify as black and Jewish and, you know, and more. Um, and so, you know, that how that gets kind of refracted in the literature is really fascinating. So, and then the other principle was pressing on the term literature. And so that's why we have um, these categories of, you know, really paying attention to the impacts that gender studies and sexuality studies have had on, on literary studies, and also thinking about digital humanities approaches and genre. So we have a contributor who writes about game design and gamifying Jewish American literature. We have contributions about musical theater. Um, we have contributions about um, a contribution about comic books, you know, film. So we're really expanding the notion of what literature is uh, as well. So those are kind of, that's kind of the, the approach. And then that, um, that was the kind of the, the groundwork for these overarching thematic um, collections within the, um, within the table of contents. And the other thing that I will say is that what we found is that um, often because Jewish American literature is taught in um, comparative courses, we thought it was really important to offer several different models for how that um, how that can be a really productive and pr provocative framework for teaching Jewish American literature. So that's why we have, you know, multinational frameworks as well as comparative, um, you know, comparative ethnicity frameworks. So I hope that explains. Uh, yeah, I hope that it, answers it, your question. It, it, <laughs> it builds on you know, the introduction to the book, you know, again, was so great because it maps out for me sort of how these conversations and how these issues have played out, if I may, over many decades. I mean, these are ongoing conversations and evolving conversations and like um, that are so interesting and I don't know, would it be safe to say somewhat open-ended in terms of mm -hmm. how you begin to address them in a different decade? No, abs absolutely. And I think, you know, um, you know, it's interesting to me how the the evolution of um, what we even think of as the canon of Jewish American literature, and that brings me to actually the last part of our um, the last section of the book is about new approaches to key texts, and so we spend a lot of time really expanding um, the collection of texts that we um, that we consider to be Jewish American. Um, so really introducing students and teachers to new authors, new texts, new ways of thinking about authors and texts. But then, you know, we went back to kind of the tried and true classics, the, the texts that get taught over and over again, that we return to over and over again, you know, for good reason. Um, you know, the uh, Andrzej Jerska, Philip Roth, um, Israel Zangles, The Melting Pot, you know, these are... Um, these are authors and texts that continue to reverberate and be relevant. And so, um, so we, we wanted to make sure we weren't forgetting about them, but also offering kind of new ways um, to teach them. It, um, you know, a year or two ago, I interviewed someone who reread a lot of, um, quote, Jewish, you know, literature. Um, and it was interesting his take on books, you know, on Grace Paley, on Philip Roth, and Saul Bellow, 
reading them, you know, 40 years later in his life and all that you bring to it in, in rereading. Um, and Absolutely. Again, I find this, the subject and the way you've tackled it really fascinating. And tell me, when you and Roberta were working on this, what were some of the challenges in compiling it and picking the topics? Sure. Well, I have to say, I just want to give Roberta... Um, just a major, major call out because um, uh, she was an unbelievable partner in this work. And she's, she, this was her brainchild. She approached me um, and said that she wanted a partner in this project. And, and what she brought to the project was she had already edited another MLA teaching options volume on service learning. And so, you know, her whole approach is just all about community engagement and civic engagement and service learning. Um, so she had already seen one of these kinds of projects through to completion, and she was very familiar with the MLA process, and she was familiar with the range of volumes that the MLA offers um, uh, around teaching resources, and she knew that there, there was a need for this, that this didn't exist, um, and there was a need. And so, you know, she... Um, uh, and, and what she wanted was someone who who had kind of deep expertise in Jewish American literature, something that she writes on as well. But, you know, she she wanted someone to kind of round that out. So she was an amazing partner um, and she recruited many of our authors. You know, we had we had to really intentionally recruit um, folks to fill in some of the gaps that were that just required a bit more um, intention. Um, so, for instance, we um, uh um, Roberta was the one who recruited our contributor who writes about teaching um, at an Iraqi university, um, because this is not an author that I, I would have known other, this is not an academic that I would have known otherwise, but, um, but Roberta, um, Roberta knew her. So we were, we, it was, she was an amazing, amazing teammate in this project. Um, and, uh, and now I've lost track of the question that you originally started with, because I really wanted to make sure <laughs> Sorry, ask okay, me again. That's why we call these conversations, <laughs> Rachel, because I lose track of some of my questions as they come up, which makes me say, you know, I do, I, I want to acknowledge too that um, as somebody who read the book, it, and what you just said is really apparent in the outcome. I think it, that the partnership and the collaboration between you as co editors brings, uh, you know, a lot to the table because mm. you're looking at this um, from this way and that and introducing new voices into the conversation, which makes for a really um, yeah, thought, thoughtful and um, thought-provoking. So my question was... Oh, it was about um, the challenges. The, the challenges. The challenges. Of compiling it and, you know, and yes. sort of how, how, it, how it might inform or change curriculum as you um, maybe set sure. out to do in, in putting it together. Sure. Well, I think, you know, one challenge was just the volume of contributors of, of potential contributions that we received. And that was really hard just to make selections. And we ended up with a massive and we had 35 contributors. Um, and so, you know, to and we had many more, obviously, who, who sent in um, proposals. And so I think that was a challenge was kind of choosing from all of these truly amazing um, proposals, and then also trying to figure out where were the gaps, because um, in all of the richness of everything we received, it, it you know it's it's harder sometimes to try to figure out okay what's not what's not being represented or covered um, in all of these uh, proposals, and what do we need to kind of work harder um, to um, to solicit. So, for instance, um, I didn't think we had enough on Yiddish, so you know this is as um, uh, Speaking to speaking to the Yiddish Book Center, um, 
so I really wanted to, you know, recruit some more contributions about Yiddish. Um, we, um, you know, so, so things like that is like, you know, trying to kind of trying to determine where were some of the gaps that we needed some more intentionality um, in, in filling. And, and then doing everything. I mean, now this doesn't feel like a big deal to do everything remotely, but we did everything remotely, you know, so, um, right. which, which felt, you know, but, but it, um, you know, passing all of those documents back and forth um, with all of our, everything went through, you know, Roberta and I edited everything. Um, so, you know, everything went through like multiple rounds of editing, but through all of us. So, um, so Roberta and I, we would label um, our documents, our edited documents, I became raw because we're both RR. So you can't really yeah, label right. a document like RR edits because we're both RR. So she became <laughs> Roro and I became Raru. So now that's like, those are our handles. Raru and Roro. <laughs> I think you have a cartoon series. No. <laughs> There's a great children's book in there though. Um, when you were working on this, I, I have to ask, did any of the work or the, you know, the sort of topic that was being approached um, make you reconsider something? Something about the subject? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, I... That's, that's not the most articulate way of phrasing that question, but I think you know the direction that oh, I... Oh, yeah. Headed. I mean, I, lear I learned so much. I mean, I, you know, I... Um, uh, <laughs> I can't wait to teach a course where I can incorporate some of these texts. Um you know, I, uh, did I read, did it, did I reconsider? Or reconsider I, something, yeah. you know, was there a work or an author that you've taught or that you were, are, you know, very familiar with um, that you came back to with a new way of thinking or a new approach to it? Oh my gosh, that's such a great question. I mean, I was introduced to so many new um, new texts through, um, through this anthology, I, I will say um, that our contributors who talked about very contemporary writers really gave me an appreciation for kind of young emerging writers that, um, uh, you know, that I'm not, I'm not going to say that I was overlooking them or that I didn't appreciate, you know, writers like um, Nicole Krauss, for instance. But, you know, I thought of like Nicole Krauss as like the writer that I read in my spare time for fun. Um, and I wasn't really considering the, the really kind of complex ways that uh, teaching her text could open up um, really fascinating conversations about memory and trauma. And so I would say that the, con and we had a couple of contributors who talk about contemporary writers like Dara Horn and Nicole Krauss. And that gave me a, an appreciation for how these writers really do belong in the classroom as well as on my nightstand, because, you know, I, these are writers who I admire tremendously um, and have gone to their readings and, you know, um, and some of whom I consider, you know, acquaintances, but, um, but it gave me a real appreciation for, I think, the enduring power of what it is that they're producing right now. Um, so I would say that that was a takeaway for me. Great. Well, um, thank you again for joining me. Thank you for the volume. Um, is, it, uh, is it available? How, how do our listeners find their way to this? As you find your way to everything on Amazon, um, it is available on Amazon. 
and I'm sure and directly from the from the MLA publications committee, but I would say the easiest way to get to it is through Amazon. Okay, great. And again, um, for our listeners, it is Jewish American literature. Um, do you want to give the whole title? Absolutely. It's or, called Teaching yeah. American Literature. Um, and it's part of the MLA's Options for Teaching series, but the title is just Teaching Jewish American Literature. Well, thank you, Rachel, for all that you bring to these conversations and to your work, um, which is really tremendous. Um, it opens up new ways of thinking for all of us, which um, I think are important conversations and considerations. So thank you and thank Roberta again um, for your work and look forward to speaking with you again. Take thank care. You. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to The Schmooze, a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. To subscribe to this and other podcasts, visit YiddishBookCenter.org. I'm Sarah Blakefeld. Be well, be healthy, and tune in again soon. Mm-hmm.